two Tishrei, Bez Tishrei, Tzadik, his life, three, one o six. Reb Shimon told me that on the day of the Rebbe's wedding, immediately after he had covered the face of his bride, according to the custom, he went and called a number of the young men and spoke with each one individually. With great subtlety, he probed them to find out their true disposition. Eventually, he called Reb Shimon and started talking to him in the same shrewd manner. He made out that he was interested in the vanities of this world. Reb Shimon stood there in amazement without answering him because he was not interested in such things. The Rebbe said to him, What do you mean? You're human, after all. Why don't you want all the things this world has to offer? I'm a simple person, replied Reb Shimon, and my desire is for purity. It would seem, the Rebbe said, that a great acquaintance will develop between us. The Rebbe then told him that he had spoken with the other young men, and he had probed and tested them, and they they were all very far from God. Their sins had corrupted them. The Rebbe immediately took Reb Shimon out into the meadows, and they spoke at length about serving God. They were filled with enthusiasm, and the Rebbe spoke with great fervor. There is no purpose in this world except to abandon our worldly desires and serve God. This applies especially to me, seeing as it is my wedding day and all my sins are forgiven. I should certainly examine myself very carefully. They carried on speaking like this until it was time for the marriage ceremony. How fortunate is the bridegroom who truly reflects on the purpose of life on the day of his wedding. From this time on, Reb Shimon became very close to the Rebbe and the Rebbe spoke with him a great deal and very persuasively about how he should follow his own example and separate himself from the world completely so as to struggle and toil exclusively in the service of God. Reb Shimon said to him, You will certainly become a famous tzaddik. My wish is to be your attendant at all times. This is what actually happened. Yet Reb Shimon was a man of outstanding holiness in his own right. I heard directly from the Rebbe quite a few years ago that Reb Shimon had already broken all his bad character traits completely. 4. 107. Reb Shimon related that on one occasion after the Rebbe was already famous, he was traveling with him on the road near Osatin, the place where the Rebbe had struggled with his devotions when he was living in his father-in-law's house. They were traveling through the countryside when the Rebbe said in a voice filled with emotion, How good it was for me here. With every single step I took, I felt the taste of the Garden of Eden. It was along these roads and paths that the Rebbe used to go and seclude himself in prayer and meditation. As they traveled along, the Rebbe said with great sadness and emotion, Here it was good, very good. What do I need my present fame for? On another occasion, I was present when the Rebbe said that as the young man when he used to pray and meditate in seclusion somewhere in the forest or the meadows, he would return with the feeling that the whole world was completely new. The world would seem entirely different from what it had been. It was not at all the same world as it had seemed to be before. wisdom, his praises, for, while still a child, the Rebbe began to devote every possible moment to his sacred studies. He would pay his tutor three silver coins out of his own pocket, for each page of Gemara taught. This was in addition to the regular tuition paid by his father. 
The Rebbe would add his own bonus for each page, so his tutor would exert himself to teach him many pages each day. The Rebbe's plan succeeded, and his tutor taught him a considerable amount every day, collecting his three extra coins for each page. 5. This is the way the Rebbe served God. All his devotions were concealed to such an extent that not a single person knew about them. He kept everything well hidden, cloaked in great secrecy. At first, the Rebbe's way of serving God was one of extreme simplicity. He did not resort to any sophistication, but walked a very uncomplicated path. When the Rebbe was involved in his devotions, he did everything with great strength and effort. No form of devotion came easily, and the Rebbe literally had to lay down his life in many cases. Each thing required tremendous effort, and he had to work hard each time he wanted to do something to serve God. He had thousands upon thousands of ups and downs. The most difficult thing was to begin to serve God and accept the yoke of true devotion. Each time he would begin, he would find himself falling. He would then begin anew and stumble yet another time. This occurred countless times, over and over again. Finally, the Rebbe resolved to stand fast and maintain his foothold without paying attention to anything else in the world. From then on, his heart was firm in its devotion to God. But even so, he went up and down many times. By then, however, he was determined never to abandon his devotion, no matter how many times he fell. No matter what happened, he would remain devoted to God, to the very best of his ability. The Alphabet Book Truth A. 10. A sign that something is false is that it is opposed by the majority. The liar is one of the three types of people whom God despises. 11. Reason cannot tolerate a rich person's deceit. Even he finds himself despicable. 12. Giving charity rectifies one's speech. 13. Truth protects the world from all manner of harm. 14. Flattery leads to lying. 15. A person who gives charity merits attaining the truth. 16. The liar despises humility. 17. One can tell from a person's servants whether he is fond of falsehood. This is because the one is dependent on the other. There are times when a person's servants fall into sin because he is a liar, and other times when he stumbles into falsehood because his servants behave improperly. Kitzer Likutei Moharan 1 Lesson number 1 7 A Jew should always look to the intellect in everything and connect himself to the wisdom and the intellect that are found in everything, so that the intellect in everything will shine its light for him, and he may draw close to God through that very thing. For the essential vitality in everything is nothing other than the intellect and wisdom it contains. As it is written, Wisdom gives life to its possessors. Ecclesiastes 7.12 The intellect is a great light, and like the sun, shines to a person in all his activities. Even when a person sometimes comes to a place of obscurity and darkness, God forbid, nevertheless, when he merits to see the intellect and vitality in everything, the intellect then shines its light for him and draws him close to God. This is how Joseph merited to withstand his test. He looked for the intellect in everything. 8. It is impossible to attain the light of this intellect except through malchut, kingship. In other words, one must accept on himself the kingdom of heaven in truth and in perfect faith. 
and rein in his mind and dismiss his own wisdom completely, as if he has no intellect of his own whatsoever. He must abhor all secular wisdom and thinking, and wait long and yearn only to receive light and vitality from the true intellect and wisdom, namely, the supernal holy intellect, which is the essence of the holy vitality that exists in everything. 9. The essence of the battle between the good inclination and the evil inclination lies in this area alone. For the good inclination incites a person to abhor all secular wisdom and thinking, as well as all the physical desires that are pure folly and genuine foolishness, and it impels him to connect himself only to the light of the holy intellect. But the evil inclination incites a person to the opposite, as in, a fool does not desire understanding, Proverbs 18.2. This latter case was personified in Esau, who scorned his birthright, which is the concept of holy wisdom and intellect. Each person must empower the good inclination to prevail over the evil inclination. As our sages said, a person must always incite the good inclination against the evil inclination. Brachot 5a. A person merits to do this by engaging in Torah study with energy and enthusiasm. Rabbi Nachman's Stories The Lost Princess He continued traveling for a long time until he finally saw a castle. Many soldiers stood around it. The castle was beautiful, and the troops around it were standing in a fine order. The viceroy was afraid that the soldiers would not let him enter, but he thought it over and said to himself, I will go ahead and see what happens. He left behind his horse and went up to the castle. The soldiers let him come in, doing nothing to stop him. He went from room to room without being challenged. Finally, he came to the main hall. He saw the king sitting there with a crown on his head. There were also many soldiers, as well as musicians, with their instruments in front of them. It was all very pleasant and beautiful. Neither the king nor anyone else asked him any questions. He saw delicacies and fine foods there, and he ate. Then he went to lie down in a corner to see what would happen. He saw the king issue a command to bring the queen. People went to fetch her. There was a great uproar as they brought forth the queen, and the orchestra played and the choir sang. People set up a throne for the queen and sat her next to the king. She was the lost princess. As soon as the viceroy saw her, he recognized her. The queen looked around, and seeing someone lying in the corner, recognized him. She stood up from her throne, and went over and touched him. Do you know me? she asked. Yes, he replied. I know you. You are the king's daughter who was lost. He then asked her, How did you get here? She replied, It happened when my father said that the evil one should take me. This is the place of evil. Restore my soul. Likute Moharan. 1. It is possible to return to God only by acquiring skill in these two ways. It certainly requires great skill and merit to know that at all times we must strive and toil in the service of God. We must yearn at every moment to reach the next higher level. A person must let nothing throw him down, regardless of his condition. He should never come to look down on himself in any way. When he achieves these two skills, he will be able to travel the path of return to God. The hand of God will be stretched out to receive his repentance. He will be worthy of finding the glory of God, and man will be returned to the throne. 
Happy is the man who is worthy of this. Lakute Moharan 1, 6. 2. The essence of God's greatness is that even those who are further furthest from him can still draw near to his service. Through this, God's name is glorified and exalted in the worlds above and the worlds below. It follows from this that no one should ever despair of drawing close to God's service on account of being far removed from him because of the many sins he has committed. This is true even if he has committed the gravest wrongs. On the contrary, it is through this person more than anyone that God's glory is elevated, praised, and magnified. In essence, it is through the tzaddikim of the age that those who are far can draw close to God. Lakuti Moharan 1, 10 3. Friends who have drawn close to true tzaddikim should try to strengthen one another and give each other encouragement. The strongest support they can give each other is to bear in mind and remind one another of the tremendous spiritual power of the true tzaddik. This power is so great that it can bring elevation even to the most blemished soul, one that has not yet emerged from the profane to the sacred even by a hair's breadth. The tzaddik has the power to draw up this soul and restore it to good. Reb Letters, Year 1 Letter number 1 In the midst of what you are suffering right now, though, you imagine that you have never endured the like. For I have heard from your own holy mouth that this is often what happens when someone goes through a difficult time. Even if it is true that you have never suffered like this, that on the contrary, I am certain that you can rely on God that we will soon once again be worthy of seeing you happy, and you will have what, to, what you long for, to be able to see the goodness of God as he shows you his splendorous kindness. The verse has said about this, Do I recline to give birth and then not bear? Isaiah 66, 9. It is not necessary to elaborate. Even what little I have said, I have said with the greatest trepidation. Your humility, I trust, has permitted me to write this much. We are fulfilling your request to pray for you. May God have mercy on us and on all of Israel and stir our hearts so that we, were, we are able to pray in a way that befits a matter such as this. For if we felt even a fraction of what we ought to, we would run screaming through the marketplaces and through the streets, calling for divine pity on you, and on us as well, and on all of God's creatures, on all the souls which are dwelling in the place they have descended to, and are waiting, longing to take refuge under your wings, not yet having found the shelter of your holy shadow. Who could be more pitiable than us, as our master, teacher, and rebbe is aware, me in particular, whom you lifted up from lower than the dust, you took me destitute from the dung heaps and sat me down among princes. Yet even now I am naked and unclothed. Who knows if I have even reached the level of a suckling babe? And there is no one from whom we can nurse and draw illumination, no one from whom we can receive our lifeblood except our master, teacher, and rebbe. For you are our life and the length of our days. God, you alone know if ever from the time of the creation of the universe... There has been such mercy as that which there is on us, and on each one of us individually, because each one of us knows his own heart's wounds. How much more does this apply to one who never in his life saw good? I do not need to say any more. Now we must speak, we must pour out our hearts like water before God. For we have trusted him, and we will never be ashamed. As he has afflicted us, so will he have us rejoice and look upon the pleasantness of his splendor. We will feast our souls on his brilliance, in abundant joy, 
we will welcome your holiness, the reflection of the Ancient of Days, the light of the living face of our King, the King of all Israel. It is time for the afternoon prayers. I must close. The words of the one who longingly waits to roll in the dust of your feet and to bask in your holy brilliance, the insignificant Nassan, son of my master and father, Reb Naftali Hertz, Reb Letters, Year 2, Letter number 231, With God's help, Sunday, Noach, 5597, Breslov. My beloved son, the carrier that you sent came here to the house of the tzaddikit Adol, may she live, as I was eating breakfast. I immediately received your letter, which was sent through my son, Reb Shachna, may his light shine. I was delighted by the letter from my daughter and son-in-law, may they live. I have not yet received your letter from Thursday. This Saturday night, immediately after Havdalah, I traveled here to see to my affairs for a number of reasons. I expect to stay here until this coming Tuesday, so if you can get here easily tomorrow, it would be very good. At the moment, my mind is not at all lucid, so I cannot go on with words of truth and affection. You are receiving the letter to my son-in-law, may his light shine. Try to send it with a trustworthy man. You can also add to it as you wish. Let me know if you sent this letter of mine to them in Brahilov. It is a great mitzvah, because I know that they are very much looking forward to seeing a letter from me. So far, God's compassion has helped me, and with God's help, everything has gone well. Thank God we also were a little happy on Shemini Yatzeret, Simchat Torah, and on Shabbat Bereshit, and I spoke words of truth. All is well, thank God. May God only finish his salvation, and may I soon return safely to my home here in Breslov. I am extremely busy, and the carrier of this letter is in a hurry, so I cannot continue as I should. There will be other opportunities to write more. The words of your father, waiting for salvation. Nasan of Shemot HaTzadikim, Mishpachat Halevi, Livni, Shimi, Amram, Yitzhar, Chevron, Uziel, Machli, Mushi, Aaron HaKoin, Moshe Rabbeinu, Miriam, Korach, Nefeg, Zichri, Mishael, Elzafan, Sitri, Elisheva Bat Aminadav, Nadav, Avihu, Elazar, Itamar, Asir, Elkana, Aviasaf, Pinchas ben Elazar, Eliav, Nimuel, Mibne Ruven, Ard, Naaman, Mibne Binyamin, Mibne Menasha, Machir, Gilad, Iezer, Chelek, Asriel, Shechem, Shemida, Chefer, Tzalafchad, Veshem Benot Tzalafchad, Machla, Noah, Chagla, Milka, Tirza, Bnei Ephraim, Shutelach, Becher, Tachan, Eiran, Yudbet Nesim, Nachshon ben Aminadav, Netanel ben Suar, Eliav ben Chelon, Elitzur ben Shedeur, Shelumiel ben Surishadai, Eliasaf ben Deuel, Elishama ben Amihud, Gamliel ben Pedatsur, Avidan ben Gidoni, Achiezer ben Amishadai, Pagiel ben Ochran, Achira ben Einan, Yehoshua ben Nun, Kalev ben Yifune, Betzalel ben Uri ben Chur, Aliav ben Achisamach. Prayers 1. Prayer number 2. Hashem, our God, and God of our fathers, who lovingly hears the prayers of your people Israel, stir up your kindness and love for me, for your sake. Prepare my heart, and help me pray to you with every fiber of my heart and soul. 
Let my prayers flow fluently from my mouth at all times, freely and without interference. The Holy Covenant Master of the world, who leads Joseph like a flock, you who sit upon the cherubs, lovingly shine the light of your holiness upon me. Let a spirit of holiness and purity come upon me, giving me the power to control, master, and break my evil inclination. In your abundant love and great kindness, enable me and all my offspring to guard the Holy Covenant. Help me at all times and keep me from all impurity or any breach of the covenant, whether in thought, word, or deed, whether unwittingly or intentionally, under compulsion or willfully, whether with my eyes, ears, or other senses. Let me sanctify and purify all of my faculties with the holiness of the covenant, and do nothing to breach or blemish it in any way. For in your great love you have chosen us from all the nations and exalted us above all peoples. You have separated us from all their impurities and wrongdoing. As you wrote for us in your Torah, I have separated you from the nations to be mine. And you called us all tzaddikim, as it is said, and your people are all tzaddikim. Please, loving God, do not make your holy Torah into an empty document, God forbid, for your word is true and enduring forever. Deal kindly with me, and help me be a genuine tzaddik by enabling me to guard the covenant. Only in this way can one be worthy of the name tzaddik, as you have informed us through the teachings of your holy sages, who said that only someone who guards the covenant is called a tzaddik. You helped Joseph the tzaddik when he was tested. You saved him and gave him the strength to overcome his evil inclination. In the same way, arouse your compassion for me. Through the merit and strength of Joseph, give me intelligence, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, holy strength and power, so that I will be able to avoid all impurity in my life and conquer my impulses and inclinations. Let my thoughts be bound and attached to your holiness at all times, without a single moment's interruption. Through purifying myself and guarding the covenant, enable me to offer you my prayers in the proper manner, without inhibitions, restraints, or confusion. Accept my prayers and arouse your love for me. Turn to us again and quickly redeem us and send us our righteous Mashiach. Do it for your sake and not for ours. Help me order my prayers properly. Grant me intelligence and understanding, and let me use judgment to measure my words, so as not to stumble in what I say, or stray to the left or right from the straight, true path when I pray. Charity Compassionate God, help me give charity to genuinely needy people. Send me plenty of money and worthy people to give charity to. Mighty is the King who loves justice. You founded fairness. You have done justice and righteousness in Jacob. For everything is from you. From your hand have we given to you. God, you deal charitably with everyone. Be charitable to me, and let me be numbered among those who give charity. Remove the evil from my heart, and let me give charity joyously and with a kindly expression. Let me have no bad feelings when I hand my gifts to those in need. Let me open my hands and give them sufficient for all their needs. Let my heart go out to the hungry and let me clothe those who are naked. In the merit of my charity, bless me, Hashem, and help me express myself to you perfectly in my prayers. Let my prayers be pure and acceptable. Let me have no outside thoughts when I pray, so that no barrier will intervene between my prayers and you. Torah study. Please, 
Loving and gracious King, make it possible for me to engage in the study of the Holy Torah for many hours each day. Let me study the Torah for its own sake. Let my only motive in studying be to keep, observe, and fulfill the entire Torah in love. The letters of the Torah which come out of my mouth as I study are sparks of souls. May they all enter into and be merged and clothed in the holy words of my prayers and develop and be renewed there. Let the light of my prayers then shine forth in full radiance as you have taught us through your holy sages. Help me make an effort with my prayer at all times. Let me never despair of calling out to you and praying. Bring me to have perfect faith in the power of prayer. Our exile has lasted so long. Your people, the house of Israel, cry out to you every day and appeal to you to shine your face upon us, build our holy temple, and redeem us eternally. Despite all this, we have still not been delivered. Even so, let us come to believe and know with firm and perfect faith that no prayer is ever lost or in vain, God forbid. I bind my prayers to the true tzaddikim. On the contrary, the tzaddikim in every generation most certainly lift up our every prayer and put each one in its proper place, building out of them, as it were, the structure of the Shekhinah. Eventually, the entire structure will be completed and then the Mashiach will come and bring the work to perfection and raise the Shekhinah completely. I would like to bind all my prayers to all the tzaddikim in our generation, and you, in your abundant mercy, arouse the hearts of the true tzaddikim of this generation and give them the power to take my prayers and elevate them to you. My prayers may be far from perfect. There may be much about them that is not right. There may not even be a single word or letter that is pure and clean. My words are very muddled, and what I say is full of mistakes. I do not speak with the proper concentration and awareness, and my words are far from where my thoughts are. Even so, your love and kindness are overwhelming. Give your true tzaddikim the power to lift up and elevate all my prayers, and cleanse and purify them from all blemishes and impurities. Let my prayers rise up and find favor before you, and let the tzaddikim use them to build the structure of the Shekhinah, to prepare her, support her, and lift her out of her exile. Raise up the fallen tabernacle of David through our prayers, and return your divine presence, the Shekhinah, to Zion, and shine your face upon us. Turn to me, and show me favor, for I do not put my trust in my bow, and my sword will not save me. Only in your name do we put our trust. For God alone do we have praise all day, and we give thanks to your name forever.